Welcome to Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie. I'm Sharon Reed filling in for the good doctor today. And one of our faves, Ben Glee is here, comedian, bengleep.com. Um, and you've got a big show coming up that we're going to be talking about a lot today. Um, very talented. We want to hear all about it. Um, and, and we begin story number one in your lane because uh, Hollywood may shut down. I hope you write your own jokes. NBC refusing to pay writers on strike, but the host jump in to save the day temporarily, but it's something, right? Before the WGA writer strike occurred, Tonight Show host Jimmy Fallon told Variety that he fully supported his writers. Listen. Uh, I wouldn't have a show for my writers, and I support them all the way. They got to have a fair contract, and they got a lot of stuff to iron out, and uh, hopefully they get it done. If there is a strike, do you go dark? If there's a strike, uh, yeah, I think we, we will, yeah. I think we'll go, we'll go dark. Whatever I can do to support uh, the Guild, uh, I am actually in the Writers Guild as well. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't do the show without them, and I support my whole staff. He's very lovable, this Jimmy Fallon. Very lovable. In that clip, though, it kind of seemed like he was just kind of making it up, figuring it out as he went along. Um, and that could be the case because Sarah Kovos, senior photo research coordinator on Jimmy's talk show, ripped him on Tuesday. I mean, she went in. Uh, she did it on Twitter as the writer's strike was just underway. It was uh, not good. You can see it right here at a meeting Jimmy wasn't even at. We are told NBC decided to stop paying us after this week and end our health insurance after this month if the strike is ongoing. They won't even tell us if we will technically be furloughed, just active employees who aren't paid. However, this morning, she was back on social media posting good news regarding Jimmy Fallon and the Tonight Show staff. Sarah says here, I have a very good update. We ended up having our production meeting this morning, too, and Jimmy Fallon was there. He got NBC to give us a second week of pay, and he will be paying us himself for a third week. We also are going to have health care extended through September. Solidarity. Okay? So, quick turnaround. Just like that. They'll be paid for some time. She would tweet that Seth Meyers would cover his staff as well, and she would retweet a video of former Jay Leno passing out donuts to WGA members on the picket line. You can always count on Jay, right? <laughs> former Tonight Show host. There he is, right there. Meanwhile, comedian Adam Conover appeared on CNN on Tuesday, and you're going to want to really drink this in. Tore into its chief executive officer, David Zaslav, over his astronomical compensation in this industry that say, look, times are changing. We are not making as much money as we once did. This is not the golden era uh, of television, although some of us would argue the shows are great. Um, what do you say to them? So I'd point out the fact that David Zaslav, the CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery, which is, you know, the parent company of the network I'm talking to you on right now, was paid $250 million last year, a quarter of a billion dollars. That's about the same level as what 
10,000 writers are asking him to pay all of us collectively, all right? So I would say if you're being paid $250 million, Ted Sarandos made about $50 million last year. Uh, these companies are making enormous amounts of money. Their profits are going up. It's ridiculous for them to plead poverty when the writers who are making their shows, some of them are not able to pay their rent or their mortgages. I literally know writers who have had to go on assistance uh, because they have not been able to make their year. Uh, the, the, if, you, <laughs> if you look at these companies, they're making more money than ever. It's the people who make the shows for them that are making less. Okay. Now, if I'm Sarah Seidner, I, I would have just left. He, he's on a solo shot. I'm out of there. Had to go to the bathroom, an emergency, something. But I'm not staying to respond to that. But that was beautiful. So what shows are affected by this strike? The most immediate impact of the strike will be seen in those late night shows, which are written daily to pivot off current events. Late Show CBS, Jimmy Kimmel Live, ABC, The Tonight Show, NBC, Late Night on NBC, and Comedy Central's The Daily Show have stopped production. Plan to run repeats for the foreseeable future. It's less certain how daytime talk shows would be affected as they lean more into host chats and interviews. ABC's The View, uninterrupted during the last strike in the 2007-2008 season. That's the reporting from CBS News. Now, when it comes to scripted dramas or comedies, it would actually be quite a while before a normal viewer would see a difference. Alex Weprin, media and business writer at The Hollywood Reporter, telling CBS News, there are a lot of episodes that have already been shot. They're banked for later use. There are also some scripts that have already been written for some of these shows. The menus, Netflix, Amazon Prime, they will look no different next week, but they could change months down the line. The AP noted, if a strike lasts through the summer, full schedules for scripted shows and films could be upended. With the walkout long anticipated, many studios rush to finish projects to create a backlog to have enough content for the short term. Netflix has said it could turn to overseas series to fill some of the void during a strike. We've got ourselves ready. We've had a lot of content. That's been produced, David Zasloff, $250 million. Chief executive of Warner Bros. Discovery said last month, so he's prepared. Other guilds up for negotiation? Brace yourself, folks, it could get worse. Contracts for two other major unions, the Directors Guild of America, SAG-AFTRA, which represents actors, expire in June. Both negotiations are likely to focus on similar issues around the business model of streaming. Reporting from the AP, DGA is set to begin negotiations with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers May 10. So Ben, a lot is going on. This is your wheelhouse. Um, you would think that if just like that, these, these night shows that we love and are just staples in American homes and really all over the globe go dark because the writers say, yeah, not coming in today that they would have more leverage and this could have been avoided you would think so but those in power always doubt the importance and the collective strength of the workers and they just would rather the shred of hope that they will be able to maintain their astronomical profits over doing what's right humane and just common decency and they know they're gonna in the end lose these strikes always end because eventually, and I think the one in 2007 was like 100 days, the one before that was 130 days, many years before that, and 
eventually they acquiesce and they just lose profits of all the time that those shows could have been on the air. And so it ends up hurting those in power more. You know, the focus of these stories always seems to be on how will this affect people's TV viewing? Oh, no. And in, in, in the fall, maybe if it continues that long, there won't be the same number of shows for people to to waste their time on or to let their time be entertained by. That's not the issue. The issue is fairness. It doesn't matter the industry if it's teachers, if it's rail workers, if it's screenwriters, TV and film writers. People need to be paid a fair, reasonable, even generous, dare I say, wage that they can exist on. You know, I was briefly a provisional member of the WGA back when I wrote the Radio Music Awards in 2001. I am a very uh, active and current member of SAG-AFTRA. I have fought to make my productions, union productions. When I was offered my game show, Idiot Test, I refused to accept the contract unless they made it a union show for on-screen talent and was successful in that. Um, And that was a big pillar of my campaign when I ran for office. You have to be able to believe in the power of unions. It's the only power that people have against those in power. You know, Conover made an interesting point, but he, and I love him. He's, he's so great and Adam ruins everything, but he also like slightly underphrased something. There's about 11,000 and some change writers that if Zasloff, the CEO of Warner Discovery, that's not just the writers under him. That's all of the writers who are striking. If he reduced his salary, just for example, from 130, 150 mil, sorry, $250 million to, yeah. to just 20 million, let's say, still an incredible amount of money, that $230 million remaining could give an additional $23,000 to every writer in Hollywood striking. They would be good then, they would be having their needs met, and this guy would still be making $20 million a year. And that's just one CEO, not all of them. If they all chipped in and reduced their salaries a reasonable amount, they would be all good. But they won't do that. They're gonna take it from other places. The demands are so reasonable. The writers are asking for 2% of profits to go to the people who create the worlds, who write the words that come out of the mouths of the people that you love so much, who all respect to actors, I'm an actor myself. They just say what other people invented. It's not as important as the writers who create the world. And yet they say, no, they say, please promise you'll never use AI to write scripts. Keep actual humans writing shows for humans. They say, hell no. Well. The strike happens, and we'll see what happens after that. So the laughter stops late night, you know? And listen, I think the comedians are fearless. I I love, love, love what Adam Conover did on CNN's Airwaves, uh, because I think that, you know, comedians get real not funny when you push them too far and start messing with their money. And I find that to be leadership. And you're right, things are so far out of whack and so far off balance that you you leave us no choice, is what the writers are really saying, right, Ben? That Yeah, hey. just look how unfunny I was right there, Sharon. <laughs> that is all the proof yeah. you need. And the and the SAG contracts, I know you're gonna cover that. And the DGA contract, the Directors Guild are, are gonna be up, Screen Actors Guild and Directors, uh at, in June, and we may have to strike as well. And We'll do that. You know, luckily for me, that won't affect my bottom line too much because I don't get that much work as an actor. So I'll be happy to strike. It won't really affect my bottom line, but it does affect the bottom line of struggling actors out there everywhere. And you're right. Thank 
Jay Leno for being out there passing out donuts. The man has gone through two serious accidents recently. He's like an yeah. X-Man at this point. He yeah, regenerates his bones, his skin. It's incredible. He's, I don't know how he even holds a box of donuts. Here you go. You have a little donut and some of everything with you. A good guy. You're just missing the chin. I have, other than that, I, it, it sounded just like him. It, it really okay, did. Thank yeah, you, Sharon. <laughs> I know. And then the little cars. He had all those little cars. I ran into him in Hollywood one time. Uh, you said this a very man. Good man. He's a, very He's a good man. guy, right? He sent me a video for my birthday last year. He's just an incredible guy. So I could show it on a virtual show I did. He's a very nice man. Yeah, he is. And you can tell he loves this work. And a lot of people love this work. And they're just asking for fairness. You said this is going to end and things will start moving again. But how long do you think it's going to take? It's a tough one. You know, I was talking to some people in the industry about this the last couple of days, and some think that this might be the time that the powers that be don't acquiesce because now it's the streamers, and the streamers are basically yeah. all, mostly owned by these huge conglomerates that the streaming business isn't even their whole business, like Apple, like Amazon. And the fact that, you know, Amazon is a union busting, doesn't let their their workers form unions, fight it whenever they can, and people still don't cancel, myself included, their Prime subscriptions and all of these things. And so they might stick this time longer and say, listen, we might go anti-union, we might hire all non-union writers, we might go all AI. I mean, go for it. I think you're going to lose the talent of what makes this industry great and the golden age of television will end full stop. So roll the dice if you if you feel like it, but it won't work out well for the powers that be. Wow. Uh, I got a question for you because I know and I want to talk more about your show. Um, you're so funny uh, because it's coming up and, and I know you have a special dedication for it, but do you find that your shows are more packed at times like this? If people can't get the content they want at home, do they seek out people like you, comedians? You know, I think that has happened in the past. I remember during the last writer's strike, I think it was good for comedy clubs. And that's fine. People do need to find their entertainment fix wherever they can. This is a stressful world, and people do need escapes from it. And uh, that's fine if those dollars go from the TV networks and passive viewing to more interactive comedy club viewing or virtual comedy clubs like Nowhere comedy club that I created and run. Um, so be it. You know, people are going to find out other other things. Yet yeah, there you saw the flyer sure. on screen. It's this Saturday. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later. But um, uh, that's fine. But it's just getting to a point where it's too frustrating for mm -hmm. the common worker. And a writer is a common worker. They don't get paid incredible money most of the time and they get skimped on, and they even don't get called writers on a lot of shows, so they can go around being wow. called a writer. They call them a story producer so that they don't have to pay them writer's wages. The industry tries whenever possible to to skim and scam, and and uh, it's good when we get to stand up and say no more of that and demand higher standards. Matt is not going to take it anymore. And I do think you're onto something, too, with just everyday people who don't realize it. We hear the word Hollywood and this glamorous life and you're you're writing for these shows and you're producing and doing these things. And we just think everybody's rich and it's not the case. Oh, that couldn't be further from the truth, because um, I used to think that everybody thinks, oh, everybody's on. You're on TV. You're rich. I've done mm -hmm. over 400 episodes of television 
and I get excited for every $100 gig I'm offered. So that tells you the amount of money that you get paid in this business. Got to do better. We will keep following the story and hope that everybody is able to make rent and, and achieve the end game here. We got to talk about Tucker. Yes, Tucker Carlson. He's been in the headlines. I know back in the headlines. He's been in the headlines. Tucker wanted to be a kingmaker. I actually thought he was already. He sought to broker House Speaker selection. This guy's a piece of work. Former Fox News producer Abby Grossberg telling Anderson Cooper that Tucker Carlson sought to broker the Republican speakership selection. Here's the video. I mean, they believed that he could broker who was speaker, House speaker. He wanted to do that live on air, but Kevin McCarthy said no. What, what do you mean he wanted to do that live on air? His plan was to have Kevin McCarthy come on the show, according to um, Justin Wells revealed this grand plan to us. Tucker, a few days earlier, had sort of set some terms for McCarthy, which included this church kind of committee that he said about, I think it, this was about January 5th, so about January 2nd, mm -hmm. he said, you should have this church committee. So fast forward to January 5th, they start asking me to book McCarthy on the show that night. I had worked with him a lot when I was at Sunday Morning Futures and had a relationship with his team. Um, that afternoon, Justin came in and he said, here's the plan. Tucker's gonna first have Kevin on, hear him beg and grovel, then we'll bring in Matt Gates, and Matt Gates will then kind of set his terms. Then Tucker will set his terms that McCarthy has to agree to. Tucker Carlson had terms that had McCarthy terms. Had yeah, to agree had to terms. Yeah, had terms. And we're going to make this whole thing happen on air and save the Republican Party. Now, fortunately, for McCarthy's sake, he said no. Wow. He, he actually had some dignity. Uh, it's a question mark. Some dignity? Kevin McCarthy. Um, Grossberg's been talking a lot and saying some very interesting, dark things. She also commented on the offensive work atmosphere on the set of Tucker Carlson tonight. When you heard that Tucker Carlson got fired, did you feel vindicated in a way? In a way I did at first. It was a shock. Uh -huh. So there's obviously a lot to process. You didn't expect that they would do that? I didn't believe people when they told me. Because uh -huh. he had so much power at the network. I thought he was invincible. I thought his team was invincible, and they believed they were, too, by the way that they behaved. You, you say in, uh, in two of your lawsuits, you say that um, you endured a, work quote, work environment that subjugates women based on vile sexist stereotypes, typecast religious minorities, belittles their traditions, and demonstrates little to no regard for those suffering from mental illness. In another lawsuit, you say Mr. Carlson's derogatory comments toward women, his disdain for those who dare to object to such misogyny is well known on the set of Tucker Carlson tonight. His attitude, what you say are his attitudes, that permeated the culture at his show. Of course. And I think the best example of that was when I ultimately, and I'm jumping ahead, did stand up and complain to one of my supervisors. His answer to me was, Tucker sets the tone for the show and we follow Tucker's tone. Wow. And... That summarizes everything. So people got a message from Tucker Carlson that it was okay to use the C word or whatever it was, and they felt emboldened to do that too. I think that they took 
pride and joy in doing it. They thought it was fun. It was just really kind of a bro fest there. Sounds like a wonderful place to work. <laughs> if you're a frat boy and you are gross and into that kind of thing. Some recent leaks of Tucker on set shows examples of this kind of behavior. Let's look at that. If we're gonna talk about sex, I'd love to hit some of the fine points of technique. <laughs> but you know, but it's your show, it's totally up to you. We can certainly talk about your sexual technique, especially after your tanning testicles last week. You wouldn't, okay. I'm not, you know what? I'm not qualified on that score, I will say. I thought his girlfriend was kind of yummy. Just kidding, just kidding, in case this is being pulled off the bird. Yeah, the bird. Hey, media matters for America. Go yourself. That's the first thing I want to say tonight. Second thing is, totally kidding, I don't even know what his girlfriend looks like. And if I did, I would not find her yummy. Well, I feel great. You know, I can never, I can never assess my appearance. I wait for my postmenopausal fans to weigh in on that. So, um, Ben, I don't know. I don't know how old you are. It doesn't matter. But surely at some point you've taken someone under your wing, someone who's perhaps immature or saying dumb things in front of people, women, whatever, being disrespectful. And you had to pull them aside and say, mm, might want to cool it. What do you do with a guy like this in a work environment? I mean, I have to do it with you before every show, Sharon. I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. Um, look, be, <laughs> being a stamp comedian, I try to give some leeway for people making inappropriate or silly jokes. So, like, for example, in those clips, the first one where he says, I wouldn't mind discussing the finer points of sexual technique. Nothing wrong with that because so, nothing misogynist about that one. But then the, the next clip talking about how he's creeping on someone's girlfriend that's where you get into inappropriate territory when you start talking about how you think that you as a man are better than women is when you get into inappropriate territory and it's not okay and that shouldn't be the work environment at any place despite the and i also think as a, as a side note as a culture we got to figure out a better way to refer to the inappropriate words as the C word yeah. or the N word, because you just sound like a child when you have to say yeah. the blank letter word, it sounds stupid, point not germane to the issue. But of course you don't want to work in an environment where somebody is making you uh, beholden to misogynistic jokes that make you feel marginalized as a group, whether that's a woman or whatever. But I also feel 0% bad for Grossman or for any booker who worked at that show because I'm so sick of people only being outraged when things affect them personally. Her stance there basically is, I was totally fine helping book and work on a show that marginalized women and minorities and the LGBTQ community every day publicly, as long as behind the scenes they didn't say, hey, toots to me. But as soon as they make me feel marginalized, I'm filing lawsuits. How about file a lawsuit on behalf of humanity? How about quit your job on behalf of humanity or don't accept it in the first place when somebody is a piece of garbage and that's what they spew every day? It shouldn't just matter what's said behind the scenes. It should matter whether you're poisoning the discourse in the country and creating millions more racists, misogynists, and bigoted, hate-filled idiots. That's what should matter more than your own personal thing affecting a staff of maybe 100 people behind the scenes. And now that she, uh, excellent. Now that she's making the rounds, 
and looking, you know, oh, pitiful. I'm going through something here. I, too, blame the platforms that don't ask her any of those tough questions. They don't say anything to her like you just did. Not a peep. Not True. a peep. There it is. There it is. Uh, we'll move on. The district attorney will not charge the cop involved in Tyree Nichols' stop. How could this be? Well, we'll tell you, ex-Memphis police officer Preston Hemphill, who was fired for his involvement in the traffic stop that led to the death of Tyree Nichols, will face no criminal charges. That's according to the Memphis Police Department. He faced termination for several violations, including using a taser. Isn't that violent? I don't understand. Well, let's see. Nichols, 29, black man, brutally assaulted after he was pulled over January 7th for alleged reckless driving. He died three days later. Shelby County DA Steve Mulroy explained in an update Tuesday why criminal charges against former officer Preston Hempel were not warranted. Shelby County, Tennessee, District Attorney Steve Mulroy says, by no means do we endorse the conduct of Officer Hemphill at the first traffic stop, but we do not believe criminal charges are appropriate. He continues, Hemphill was at the scene of the traffic stop, but was never present at the later scene where Nichols was seen on video being punched and struck with a baton. Mulroy said Tuesday that in reviews and analysis of body cam video, Hemphill appeared to be trying to deploy the stun gun because he saw Nichols was not fleeing towards the neighborhood, but was in fact heading towards an open car door of a police cruiser. <laughs> okay. DA Mulroy also added that he consulted with the Nichols family, their attorney, Ben Crump, who said they both supported the decision to not press charges. He read a family statement from attorney Crump on behalf of the family that said, we understand that this individual has been fully cooperating with the investigation and has promised to provide substantial cooperation going forward. In light of this, we are supportive of no charges for this individual. It is our deepest hope and expectation that justice will be served fully and that all who had a role to play in this senseless tragedy will be held accountable. So the DA needs to get the corn cob out of his mouth. It's what Crump said. Right, Ben? That's really what's going on here. Not warranted, the chart, we analyzed the body cam, but none of that's it. Stop. The reason there are no charges here is because this ex-cop has decided to tell on the others, cooperate fully. Am I wrong? I don't know. I think that is definitely part of it. And that's the, that's the, you know, the, the, analytical calculus when it comes to putting that case together that makes them decide that this person might be an asset. But also I do agree that in order for for any aggrieved party in a tragedy like this and for the public at large to maintain the moral high ground, we have to be willing to be nuanced and able to be nuanced. And if indeed this officer, you know, it it is weird that he was the white one and the black officers got all the charges, but they are also the ones at the second stop and they're the ones who truly beat him. And so if indeed it's true that 
in from his view he was running towards the car and he did try to de-escalate twice then i think it makes sense and that's why even the the grieving um tragic tragedy stricken family of nichols and their lawyer ben crump support not giving charges in this one case i think that's fine i don't think we need to be outraged where outrage is not necessary yeah i i think um because this individual is cooperating it's okay um but we need some serious justice here and i do think in other cases they should charge everything and everyone because there's a cultural problem here and when everyday people start losing their apartment and maybe their old cars or can't pay their bills because they did the wrong thing they didn't step forward then maybe this whole police culture can step back a little bit. We'll see. Ben Glebe is our special co-host today. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. This is Indisputable. We're right back. Welcome back to Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie. I'm Sharon Reed in for Rashad today and Ben Gleep is our special co-host and you have another brilliant special coming up this weekend. Tell us all about it. And I want to know, like, do you prepare like right down to the wire or do you, uh, this is put to bed and you're like rehearsing? This show luckily has no rehearsal. It's called Gleep Off the Top Crowd Work and Improvised Madness. Oh, wow. It is fully improvised. Um, I do a two hour plus show typically. Maybe it'll be a little shorter this weekend. I don't know. Um, but it is a really fun show, um, out of the box, unlike anything that you've ever seen, really. Um, involves some technical aspects I need to prepare in advance. But generally, it's just uh, a improvised free-for-all, very interactive with the virtual audience that gets a ticket. We see and hear you. You see and hear us. And uh, you can get a ticket to it at bengleeb.com. And it's a very special one this Saturday um, as I've mentioned before on the air, and Dr. Richie loved that I had my dad on as a special guest twice on the show as my special quote-unquote celebrity guest, and he got to try his hand at improvising when he always wanted to do that his whole life. And my dad very uh, sadly and suddenly passed away about two weeks ago, and um, and so I'm going to be tributing, making a tribute to my father during the show and maybe showing a clip or two of when he was my guest on it. And uh, so it's going to be a very beautiful, I think, touching show. And then also just jam-packed full of a lot of silliness and joy and laughter, which was very important to my dad. Maybe his most important value after supporting his family and supporting the Dodgers was just trying to make everybody he encountered in his life laugh with dad jokes, with improvised funny things he would just think of and try to make people feel at ease. He was known for making people's anxiety melt away mm-hmm. and uh and um and so that's something we're going to try and do again this weekend um, i think you will you do it join us. yeah you will do it and i i feel like not overstepping but like your dad will be right there right there with you um making it extra funny extra special you you've been on our minds and so we, we wish you and your family the very best um and we want people to go see the show gotta go see the show um because that must be the most difficult um feet to carry out because you can't tell it's not like there's people planted in the audience that you can play off of it's just you just can't have 
blank out. You got to just go for it. See to my pants. See to my pants is how I run this show. And I've always called it an escape from the craziness of the everyday world. So we fight the good fight during the week and try to stand for what's right. And then on the weekends, once a month, we gather in, in Madtown and the mad ones who are who are my fans come out and we just literally have an experience that exists in another plane. It's just this weird, improvised, strange world. So if you want to join us, tickets at benglebe.com or nowherecomedy.com. I think you'll really enjoy it. All right. Well, we wish you the best of luck. We'll, we'll do it a couple times for people. Um, they need to take a note and uh, can get their tickets. Speaking of a uh, strange time, weird, um, in the worst kind of way, I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a in Sunday? You're my friend. Back off! I'm gonna tell African American man threatening my life. I am not boxed in, and I'm ready. This is a tough guy right here. Gentlemen, be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Get up out of here, bro. Get in the corner and go. Quit being on this dumbass. Security trying to save you. Ben trying to save you. Leave. God bless you, man. Get in your car and get out of here, man. God bless you, man. God bless you, man. Just go ahead and get in the car and make it home safe. God love you. Make it home safe. For real. Car, just make it home safe, buddy. And you know, someone doesn't want to fight, Ben, when the most activity we see is this guy moonwalking backwards, okay? He had to be sweet-talked <laughs> back into his vehicle. Um, it's okay. You just go. You're good. You're good, but go, okay? Um, but the stance, I do need you to analyze it because I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. But the stance... <laughs> the stance on this Karen was well, it was comical. And I, I felt like the other gentleman who said, you know, I'm not going to fight you, took one look at him and said, I'm out of here. That was the dead giveaway. Yeah, I think he realized very quickly that this would have been too unfair a fight. He would have beaten this guy too quick. I like the cowardly lion there comparison is. there. I mean, this guy's stance looks like early video games. It looks like early... Mike Tyson's punch out or Mortal Kombat on the original Nintendo. It's like a very like pixelated kind of yeah. a vibe. Yeah. And uh and but this is one of the great videos and the great de-escalations. I hope most fights end up just being like this. A guy approaching and being like, You don't want to do this, get in your car. And the guy having to save face by just standing there and pretending like he's still th thinking about fighting when really all he's thinking is how long do I have to stand here before I get in my car to not look like a totally uh, emasculated idiot? Uh, he probably will be driving home and taking Tucker Carlson's advice immediately and tanning his testicles as soon as possible oh, just to yeah. try to regain some manhood. Can't unsee that now, but thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the way this one ended. And you know what? You just want to hug all of them. I just want to hug all of them and say, you know what? The, the, stop. You, you're not built for this. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't pretend to do it either. Um, but it's a beautiful thing. And I felt like the security guard there who, who did all the sweet talking was really an anti-Karen, an anti-Karen who said, you know, I'm going to do a good deed. There's not going to be any physical violence here. And everybody's going to go home whole.
Um, we want to see more as these anti-Karens unite. You scream at an employee's Walmart. Get out of here. That's racist. Yes, it is. No, it's not. The United States doesn't have an official language, jackass. Look how trashy you look. You white trash. Look at you. Back off. You want to get charges? I ain't trying to fight no white trash. Come on, you. I got nothing. I don't want to touch you. Okay, we know where you work. We know where you get your hair cut. I'm not trying to touch you. Get away from me. Get away from me. I'll defend myself. You fat old piece of. Black man's shoes, no. you yeah. hypocrite, yeah. hypocrite. Yeah, this is mine now. This is yeah. Order. yeah. I hope that helps your yeah. life. You, you done? You done? I ain't did nothing to you. You're you done, you white trash. Okay, so you're going to have charges now. You just assaulted me. Nope. I told you to leave me alone. Yeah. Get the f away from me. Yeah, come on. You mama. are you are poor right? You hang out with a lot of blacks, don't you? I'm Black Nazi. friends you gonna talk like that? Yeah. Yeah. We're done here. Yeah. We're done. Nazi. No, you can back the f up. Leave me. What's your So fun and game spewing hatred. But when an anti-Karen springs into action, shows courage, bravery, toughness, you never know when it's gonna happen. That kind of tells you their inner fortitude. They're just going to go for it and defend humanity, I guess. And all you say is back up and uh, you're going to get charges, going to report to, uh, what do you think of this Wu-Tang anti-Karen going after a neo-Nazi? I love every second of it. I feel like this is the response to all Karens. I did a Rebel HQ video the other day, another good one. She was mouthing off to police officers saying she didn't have to listen to them and just Randomly, the cops like, and you're being arrested. I think that's a good way to handle Karens too. You gotta shut them down. Uh, violence is not the answer, but pulling out a knife on a Nazi, hard to not endorse that. To be honest with you, uh, you know the a level of idiocy of people that embrace these white nationalist viewpoints, white supremacist viewpoints in modern day society. It's so stupid and so disgusting. The guy turns the camera on himself later in the video and goes. He came at me just because I did a, a a hail Hitler, not even pronouncing his own bigotry correctly. And yeah, that's pretty good reason to get somebody's ire headed your way is to be a flippin' Nazi, you moron. I mean, bring it on. Just so sick of these ignorant, stupid people that can't make friends. These incels can't get... Uh, the interest of the opposite sex or whatever sex they're interested in to do anything with them, to be interested with them. I wonder, could it be because they embrace hateful ideologies mm -hmm. and so they amp up the hate instead? Go get a life. They're disgusting, despicable people, and I wish more people stood up to them like that. Yeah, I do too. And, I'm, and, and I think sometimes that maybe we can harness this, do something more here. You know, when, when you want pollution to end, you... you 
create incentives for people to buy electric cars, other measures. Um, you help the environment. Perhaps we can help you. With these anti-Karens, Ben, maybe there's something, an incentive that they can get. Obviously, we want it to come from the heart. But if we can rally the troops, if you will, to kind of eh, go out there and not target, but when they spot a Karen, handle it. Could it work? Yeah, segments like segments like this help, you know. We could do hero of the week. We other shows should there should be maybe even a prize for people that go out there and try to stop these Karens. You know, many, many Halloweens ago I was going out, we were, me and my friends were dressed like top gun pilots, and there was these dudes that were saying I self-identifying as Nazis and we fought them. Fighting's not great, but we fought them. You know, it's what you got to do. And then a security guard outside the CVS shoulder checks me into the window of the CVS. And I was like, dude, I'm fighting a Nazi. He's like, I'm so sorry I did that. I'm like, that's <laughs> oh, hey, you know, it's just sometimes it's a free for all. OK, an all out melee. But if these Karens are on the losing end of it, I'm all for it, too. I hope you weren't hurt. You weren't hurt, were you? Listen, I had enough alcohol in my system. It didn't hurt till a couple didn't days feel later. A thing. Didn't feel a thing initially. All right, Ben Glebe, we appreciate you. Uh, much more indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie. When we come right back, I'm Sharon Reed filling in for Dr. Rashad today. Welcome back to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie today. Ben Glebe is our co-host. Let's get you some viewer comments. Um, number one, about the DA who will not charge the officer involved in the Tyree Nichols stop. This is the officer who was brandishing a taser. District attorney there saying we're not going to charge this former police officer. Uh, TYT member Jonathan says by not charging him, you are condoning it. Okay, remember, the, he is also a cooperating witness, apparently. Mickey C., the Silver Dragon, has this to say about the writers on strike and the host providing aid. $250 million in one year. That's the uh, Warner executive. More than most people make in a lifetime. How much did he make last year, the year before? Not enough to carry him through this year so the writers can be paid? Earning hundreds of millions and whining and crying because their astronomical salaries mean the show doesn't earn as much. That's really what it is. And the Wu-Tang anti-Karen confronting that neo-Nazi on the street. Great Cray Souffle says in the end, I'm kind of confused as to who's the real hero here. Wu-Tang, shirt guy, or neo-Nazi Karen? Well, it's not the neo-Nazi. Cray Cray. That is uh, not who it is. Uh, one more, actually. YouTube. Tim Nichols says about the writer's strike. This is why independent shows and producers are a great thing. They can own their own films and scripts. Yeah, they can. And Ben, you know something about that, but you gotta break through first. You gotta break through. And that's tough because you don't necessarily have the negotiating power and not everybody is you who's had some great content on already. Yeah, it's not easy in this business to get the power and the powers that be like to give you piecemeal what they can. That's why at least the Internet had the great promise of democratization on that. And then 
You got platforms like YouTube that then go to these court, get bought by Google, and then you got Twitter that gets bought by Elon Musk, and 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 you got TikTok that's gonna probably be banned because it's China mining our data, and you've got Facebook that Zuckerberg shows time and again is all about protecting the wrong interests and not doing enough to to safeguard people and be a platform where where just good quality content can rise. So it's it's very hard to get the word out there these days. You gotta love it. You just gotta love it and and pursue it, like you said. Um, here's the story: Professor fired over teaching of racial justice. Fired over that. Former Palm Beach Atlanta University professor Samuel Jokel was fired after a parent complained in February he was indoctrinating students with lessons about racial justice. He has now filed a federal complaint with the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, arguing his termination was racially motivated. Joko, who is white, has not argued he was fired because of his race. His attorney, Gabe Roberts, said his complaint relies on a legal concept called associational discrimination, where someone believes they were wrongfully discriminated against for their association with members of a protected class. Ah, interesting. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission has authority to investigate, prosecute discrimination complaints against employers. Filing a complaint with the agency is also a precursor to filing a federal employment discrimination lawsuit. Federal law prohibits employers from discriminating against workers based on their race, gender, or certain other protected characteristics. If an employment decision is motivated by protected characteristics such as race, that is an unlawful employment practice in this country, Robert said in a statement. We are looking forward to working with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission on its investigation. Now, the English professor has taught at the 3700 student Christian school for the last two decades. He says he's long used teachings of racial justice to illustrate his writing lessons. He did not express his personal opinions and did not require the students to either. Students in Jokel's class read and analyzed passages about the topic, discussed them, wrote short essays of their own. Administrators had never expressed concerns about his lessons before. He attributed the school's new concern about his lessons to an anti-woke crusade from Governor Santis and other far-right politicians and activists. So, whatever DeSantis wants, Ben, apparently other people prefer not to stand up to this governor. They prefer to just go along to get along. What's next? Are the kids going to be forced to eat pudding with their fingers at school, too? <laughs> or will someone have a mind of their own? No, I don't think mind of our own is on the table in Florida anymore. I think it's become a collective mush of bath salt infused dinosaur in the lake alligator having election stealing misanthropes that don't understand how society should function or can in any sort of fluid way. Um, I'm starting to be of the opinion that people that live in these backward states that continue to elect backwards leaders deserve backwards policies. I'm tired of having to talk about and defend people who 
who keep not realizing the people that they put in power are to their own detriment. And of course, that's an exaggeration that exaggeration that I'm bitterly saying. There's plenty of good mm-hmm. people that are stuck in a place that they wish they weren't and they wish their leaders were different. But it's ridiculous to yeah. say that someone is indoctrinating somebody because they the topic of an essay is racial justice, literally the justice, the equality, the fairness for all races. And this is controversial in America in 2023 is so egregiously stupid and backwards. There is no way to even make sense of it, as was said that the, the teacher was not even sharing his own opinions on it, wasn't making the students take a stance on it. It was just the topic of the writing exercise. This is a problem. How fragile are your children? How fragile are the brains of these idiots that they hear the phrase racial justice, they read a few paragraphs about people being treated equally, and oh my God, this might crush the hatred we've tried to instill in our kids for 18 years. If you're strong parents at all, you've instilled your hatred strong enough, it'll survive here in a few essays about how maybe there's another way to live. They don't want to test it. Yeah, exactly. Battle test it. Wow. It is stunning to me that there's not more people, and you're right, there's people who this is their community, this is all they know, they don't have the luxury of going elsewhere. But others, it sounds like what you're saying is you have to stand up and fight. Sometimes you have to stand up and say, no, we're not going to put up with this. Not just one teacher who is, you know, out of a job and saying, yeah, I'm gonna sue. But where's the rest of the community, the parents? Everybody else who can join this effort and say, or what, or what? Well, if they don't stop this soon, it's like a a rash. It just spreads and spreads and spreads. And we're seeing that in other places. And we're seeing that from other leaders who are saying, you know what? I I can do one better. Oh, there's one. Yeah, we're talking about you, Governor. You think that Clifford, the red dog, is indoctrinating kids. Okay. Now imagine if you're throwing this in your improv special on Saturday night. What if he's there? Huh? Can we just stop electing idiots? Can we stop (laughs) electing tiny brained idiots? He won't be there. He wouldn't be able to figure out how to use Zoom. I mean, these people that are our leaders are just moronic in every way. Yeah. Think so, please share the details, but he thinks a cartoon dog on PBS is indoctrinating people. Sharon, take it away. Well, there it is. And that is our headline as we give you more details supporting that thesis, I guess. Oklahoma governor. <laughs> He's a governor. Wow. Kevin Sitt exemplifies how the GOP are focusing on real pressing matters of national security, such as PBS and Clifford the Big Red Dog. Look at the eyes on that puppy. Why are you attacking Clifford? Last week, Governor Kevin Sitt vetoed a bill that authorized funding the Oklahoma Educational Television Authority, which broadcasts PBS programming through July 2026. Republicans have targeted PBS funding for years, including Donald Trump during his presidency and Mitt Romney 
as a presidential candidate in 2012. Mitt Romney's doing this too? Shame. Governor Sid says, why? I don't think Oklahomans want to use their tax dollars to indoctrinate kids, Sid told reporters on Friday about his decision to veto the bill. Some of the stuff that they're showing just overly sexualizes our kids. What does he mean by this? It's getting creepy. This is getting creepy. Well, here it is. After Stitt's vague allegations, his team continued the odd crusade. Spokeswoman also shared information indicating that two animated children's cartoons, Clifford, the big red dog, and Work It Out Wombats. I've not seen that one. Work It Out Wombats, both airing on PBS affiliates, have included, aha, lesbian characters in some episodes. Now we're getting to the heart of this thing. Other shows on the network have their funding targeted as well. Here are just some of the culprits deemed responsible for brainwashing. Elmo, oh, not Mr. Rogers, you done took it too far. And Bob Ross, look at the lineup there. Mugshots? If this governor gets sway. Jahan Jones, founder of the Black Obituary Project, writer for MSNBC, reported on the whole fiasco. Here he is. Jones added some much needed sensibility to the matter, writing, first of all, if you watch Clifford the Big Red Dog or Work It Out Wombats and think, gee, there's an awful lot of sexiness going on here. That sounds like a personal issue, but fundamentally, Stitt's veto is nothing more than anti-LGBTQ government censorship. It feels like, and yeah, your point's well taken, Ben, stop electing, I think the word was idiots. But at the same time, this is a coordinated distraction. Is it not to keep us from paying attention to, oh yeah, we have less and less and we can't make rent this month. It's a strong point, a strong point, and I would like to maybe correct my previous statement. Let's stop electing evil people, malintentioned people who are manipulating the idiots and the populace because you're right. They know what they're doing. These leaders know that Clifford, the big red dog, is not sexualizing children, but millions of people that vote for these people don't understand that. They don't realize that, no, the cartoon dog is not the issue. It's the issues that you're allowing to be the issue that are distracting from what really matters in this country. I mean, look at the horror that they're alleging. Clifford has lesbian characters sometimes. The cartoon didn't have the lesbian characters doing gay things in the cartoon. There weren't graphic scenes. They're lesbian characters just being people, being people who exist because guess what? Whether you are comfortable with gay people or not, they certainly exist. And nothing that you believe in your twisted head means that they don't get equal rights or equal treatment or equal exposure in media so that their presence can be more normalized in your bigoted heads. You you can hate if you want to. You can hate in the privacy of your own home and have twisted ideas. There's no way we can ever make that illegal. But we certainly can stand up fervently and very forcefully against your idiotic, twisted, bigoted mindset from infiltrating one inch of the public sphere. And when that happens, you're done. 
Yeah. The clarity, the clarity is everything and it's well taken. And I think we need to remind people and we can put up Clifford again. Those eyes are adorable. But let's let's remember Clifford born and, and growing out of a young girl's love for a tiny puppy. The dog grew literally because she loved it so much. That's the moral of this story. It's just about love and friendship. They became best friends. How is that indoctrination? Unless you don't want people to love and you don't want people to be friends. I'll give you the last word. Yeah, that's a very good point. They are anti anything that softens people's hearts. So I think that's part of the issue there. Two last thoughts. Anybody who thinks that PBS is too sexy really has got to go out to a nightclub and get your dance on or something. You got to get a new wardrobe and try to up the sexiness in your own private life because it's the least sexy channel in the history of humanity. And everybody that has ever enjoyed any sexy experience in their life obviously knows that. And secondly, to prove yet again, not that we need more proof, but just to just, just for good measure, to show how disingenuous this opinion of the governor and all who are anti uh, PBS funding are. He said the sentence, we think these, these PBS shows are overly sexualizing our children. Implicit in that sentence, he thinks there's a certain amount of sexualizing mm -hmm. our children that is okay. Mm -hmm. Just don't it. overdo it. Yeah, <laughs> I heard it too. And you know what's sad? We've lost our ability to think for ourselves and this group think has taken over. Because you're right, there's nothing going on in the Clifford show or Wombats. Have you... Have you watched this Wombats? That no, show? that one I am afraid is going to make me gay. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> we'll have to see because there's going to be tons of people who are running and turning on PBS. They might get biggest ratings ever to see if this thing is all sexed up. They're going to do that. We'll keep you posted. I love Clifford. This is indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Ben Gleeb is our special guest host today. We're right back. Welcome back to Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie. I'm Sharon Reed filling in for Dr. Ritchie today. Ben Gleed is our special guest host. And Ben, I want you to talk a little bit more about this uh, virtual show because that's unique. We know you're funny. We know you're talented. But this is a special skill set and it's interactive. Yes. Fully. Yeah. So during the pandemic, when all clubs shut down, I came up with an idea to kind of reinvent live touring by enabling people to attend a full comedy club experience from your home. So you keep your mic and your camera on that we produce on top of Zoom and we make it feel very much like you're at a club. We have a studio that I'm surrounded by 30 feet of videos. Oh, sorry, 30 feet of video screens and seeing the audience, hearing the audience. There's a backstage camera over my shoulder so you can see what I see. And it's just a much more exciting way to see a show virtually and I interact with the crowd. I take questions from the crowd. We do improv games. We elect a mayor every other Glebe off the top. This one, I think we have a mayor already. But um, but it's a really fun show. You get tickets at benglebe.com or nowherecomedy.com. And check out nowherecomedy.com for all of our shows. We have amazing stand-up comedy shows. If this isn't up your alley, there are more shows on our calendar that will be up your alley. And you can 
fully get get a show experience from your home. So not only is it cheaper or if you live in remote areas or you're disabled and you can't get to a club or don't want to get to a club, we come to you. And even if you just want to stay home and get drunk and not worry about having to figure out driving or pay for an Uber, you got that option as well. And this very special one this weekend honoring my late father. So uh, it would mean a lot if you came and just had some laughs with us. Yeah, it's going to be special. And um, I know your dad be there uh, in spirit and, you know, talked a lot about your dad right here. And um, well, we're just proud, proud to know you. And I know it's going to be a blast. So, hey, I may be there. Hey, okay. thank you, Sharon. I may be there. All right. Um, let's get you some viewer comments. We've had an eclectic mix of stories today. Uh, the professor fired over just teaching, just teaching racial justice. And then there was the GOP governor who says, you know what? Clifford, the dog is indoctrinating kids, uh, oversexed, and sexualizing children, huh? They'd deport Dora the Explorer if they could. Well, cats and dragon, you're right. Well, I haven't seen Dora lately. Is Dora? We better check on Dora. Now, check on Dora. YouTube, more about the professor fired over teaching of racial justice. Winston Sire says, the one professor that school probably needed the most got fired. That's the way it works. Scott Smith says, it's tough to win a lawsuit against a private school. They don't have to follow anti-discrimination laws. Mm. And about Clifford indoctrinating children. Robin's Egg says, can someone tell me why these legislators are always big mad about cartoons? They're not real. Okay. <laughs> That's, it, it sums it up perfectly. It really does. Um, yeah, you're right, Scott. You're right. There will be no jail time for a woman who sped her car into a Black Lives Matter protest. None. She didn't have to go to the pokey at all. No charges will be brought against Kathleen Castillo, the woman who sped her car into a group of Black Lives Matter protesters more than two years ago. On Monday, she was granted a lenient sentence of just five community service hours, all thanks to a plea deal, despite the violent and racial nature of her offense. In case you don't remember what went down here, what she did, here's that video again to refresh you if you will and there's the warning because it is um somewhat difficult here you see people milling about gathering and there she is sped up you see people hit the street So uh, protesters, people out and about who ran after her immediately as people were down. Protest was taking place in the Murray Hill section on the east side of Manhattan a little after 4 p.m. when the car sped and came plowing through. One protester who witnessed the collision said in an emotional interview, she said two white women were in a navy blue BMW that hit six of our non-violent protesters. The protesters were demonstrating to show support for a group of ICE detainees staging a hunger strike in nearby New Jersey. 
New York Post reported the Casillo, 53, was previously facing up to seven years in prison after having been arrested and charged with reckless endangerment for the collision that hospitalized six. Conspicuously missing from her charges, mm, attempted murder. Not there. Manhattan, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, extremely generous plea deal. Casillo struck up with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office will allow her to have the misdemeanor she was convicted of downgraded to disorderly conduct if, if she avoids any other legal problems while serving out her five-hour sentence of unspecified community service. Do not understand why. Why? If Casillo violates any of the terms of her plea deal, she could be jailed for up to a year. Casillo previously refused to plead guilty on multiple occasions. The strategy proved successful, with the district attorney's office ultimately slapping her on the wrist. Casillo was notably released on her own recognizance hours after she collided with the protesters and was given a court date instead of being immediately jailed and arraigned. Casillo has said she just panicked behind the wheel because of the aggressive protesters. I didn't see anyone aggressive there. I saw vehicles speed up, and I don't understand why this Manhattan DA is giving her just five days. Why not go to court, take this thing to a trial? Do you understand any of this, Ben? I don't understand anything anymore. Yeah. I mean, this kind, how? How does somebody speed up through human beings, send them flying through the air, and get five hours community service? We have a stupid, broken, biased, insane system. It's uneven justice everywhere. I'm tired of it. It has to stop. And I don't think it will. I think you're right. And I don't know what's behind it either. And, you know, I'm tempted to say if uh, she looked a different way, it wouldn't be five days. And that's with a black DA. I don't get it. Must be something we don't know. Or maybe it's just what you said. It's just broken. Here's what's not broke, okay? This story is all about the riches. Nine million dollars this New Orleans high school senior has earned in scholarship money. Yes. Dennis Barnes, a senior at International High School of New Orleans, set a new national record by receiving offers from 125 colleges and universities, totally more than nine million bucks in scholarships, more than any other college-bound senior in U.S. history. Kids and earner. <laughs> the school said that Barnes, a New Orleans native, applied to 200 schools across the country and plans to announce his college decision. Well, we should get that decision soon. This month in the coming days. The amount of offers Barnes received breaks the previous record documented in the Guinness Book of World Records held by a Lafayette High School senior who received $8.7 million in scholarships in 2019. The school is contacting Guinness to make Barnes 
new record official. Barnes said about the application process, I submitted college applications in August with an eye on raising the bar high for college admissions. Decision letters were an overflow in my mailbox and hundreds of scholarship offers, Barnes said. He said that more decision responses are still coming in from other schools. His goal is to reach 10 million in offered scholarships by the end of the month. Kid's incredible. Barnes's impressive academic achievements, maintaining a cumulative grade point average of 4.98, holds leadership positions in the National Honor Society. He is fluent in Spanish, received an official qualification from the Institute Cervantes on behalf of Spain's Ministry of Education, Culture, and Sports. He was also recently awarded the Jose Luis Baños Award for Excellence in Spanish Language by Maria Page. Honorary Consul of Spain in New Orleans. Barnes's plans for the future, what are they? Well, he plans on pursuing a dual undergraduate degree in computer science, criminal justice. He has been dual enrolled at Southern University of New Orleans for the past two years, earning college credits while pursuing his high school diploma. Barnes is set to graduate May 24. You know, there's there's pride and then there's overwhelming respect. And I'm sure, you know, I don't know where his parents stand on this, but gratitude. Look who's not going to have to pay for college. The fact that this incredible student took it upon himself and still wants more. You can only go to one college at a time, but wants to put the record so high, Ben, at 10 million bucks. What do you make of this academic uh, competition, really of one, he's competed against himself now? I don't know, I'm not sure I like this kid. I think he <laughs> he exists to make me feel bad about myself. I agree. I agree, I don't feel like he needs to set goals for stuff he can't even accept. Uh, the only way he can, I think, make <laughs> this worthwhile as a pursuit is if he indeed does go to 10, 15 colleges at once. He could probably handle it. He sounds pretty adept at getting a lot more done than I've ever done in my life by just age 18. So you should go to multiple colleges and collect as many of these scholarships as possible. And then I will change my opinion and I will support his college endeavors. Otherwise, he's just sticking it in our faces and I'm happy for him. I'm happy for his family. I'm hurt personally. And I feel like I'm a little bit dumber by comparison. Yeah. That, that doesn't feel great. You're funnier, though. You got That's your true. own talents. You got your own That's talents. True. It You're sounded right. like in the beginning, you almost wanted this this honor student and scholarship recipient punished for seeking too much. Am I wrong? Listen, I just think he's a little bit too too smart and too achieved. And here, I'll prove the point right now. I am funnier, Sharon, but how much money are you going to give me for that funniness? Well, can I get back to you? Because it's been slim tickets mm -hmm. lately. And, you know, but I do respect yep. your, your craft. I yep, do respect your craft. Respecting my craft doesn't pay the bills, Sharon, okay? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I've got to have that. Well, maybe people can buy more tickets, right? Because what True. you're doing is such a special skill set with this interactive thing. I wonder, do you get people in the audience who try to do too much or outsmart you? Or, you know, suppose Dennis Barnes, this kid who got the $9 million in scholarships, 
he would be one ups you. You know, he would be welcome, and I will. I'll even compass tick, compass ticket. I, I I welcome a challenge. People occasionally try to one up me. It's nearly oh, impossible no. to do. Um, and uh, so if somebody tries to beat me in a battle of wits, they will lose. If somebody tries to just talk too much out of turn, we've got an amazing set of trained virtual showroom managers that will mute you and boot you if necessary. So the vibe at the show will remain nice and smooth. You can come join the Mad Ones at NowhereComedy.com. Get a ticket. Check it out right now. Wait, so they they can just lock you out. They'll just kick you out oh, yeah. of what is it, the chat. Just room, like really. a, we, we recreate a, a, a real life comedy club. If you talk too much <laughs> in a comedy club, you get thrown out. Here we can do it in a second instead of having to drag you all the way to the door. <laughs> and then do you tell jokes about the people? You know, how, like when they're being ushered out and the comedians are just so brutal sometimes. And they just kind of, you know, do this as the people are leaving or after they're kicked out, they roast them. Of course I do. I'm not new, Sharon. Okay. I just wanted to know how I'd be treated, <laughs> what my legacy would be. Um, one more time. It is this Saturday, 5 Pacific, right? 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern. Tickets at NowhereComedy.com or BenGlebe.com. I think you can still get the early bird tickets of just $10 if you get them today. So I hope people do that and come join us. And it'll be a nice little tribute to my father as well. Well, we um, we want it to be well attended, and I know it's going to be a very special event, um, sentimental to you as well. I asked you this earlier, but um, you said there's no real preparing for this except a few technical things. So you'll get a good night's sleep, and it'll be all good. I can't even I, I can't even guarantee that. I don't need much sleep to function. There's also a a, a post show VIP from this show. By the way, you can get a VIP ticket, and then we have an, a really intimate personal conversation with a very small group of us and that's a little bit more real and a lot less funnier um a lot less funny okay maybe i should sleep more <laughs> we could both use a nap um but we appreciate you very much uh ben Glebe, thank you so much yeah. and this is indisputable i'm sharon reed it was my honor to fill in for dr rashad richie see you next time welcome to indisputable i'm your host dr rashad richie what do we do on this show we tell the truth. You know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. No if, ands, or buts about it. I think the thing that makes her upset over this entire thing is broccoli. Regular ass broccoli, not even the fancy broccoli. That Jamaican thing hit different, don't it? But woo, Karen ran up on the wrong Jamaican brother. We're finally also focusing on the male Karens. A basic white polo and some khaki shorts and a goofy ass hat. Yeah, Karen too damn old lying on a 12 year old child. You too damn old for that behavior, Karen. This is what it all boils down to. He's like, they're taking right. on women. Big ups to everybody who supports this program, who supports Indisputable. You make this platform what it is. People don't know that these kinds of things exist, which is one of the reasons I love that you cover things like this. Your oath is to seek justice. Nobody swears to seek prosecution, seek justice, try.